Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Hello, and welcome back to Ghost of a Podcast. I have a question, and it is titled, How to Break Up When You're a Highly Sensitive Person. And the questioner asks, I love my girlfriend of three plus years and things on the surface are quite good, but I know that she isn't the one for me, if there is such a thing. And I don't see myself being with her in the future, but I go back and forth daily about whether or not I should break up. And if I do, how to do it without hurting her and also myself. Every time I've tried to break up with her, I've gotten so emotional about losing her that I end up taking it back and staying with her. In addition, she has a strict cutting off exes out of her life policy. So when I break up with her, I know it's the end. How does a sensitive person like me who cares deeply about others do the thing that I know I need to do while hurting the least people? And how do I follow through with it when I'm so affected by her reaction and also my own feelings from her reaction? Now, this person has asked that I not share her birth information, and so I shall not. This is a question that I think a lot of people struggle with, and I've certainly counseled many people on this topic over the years. I, I got to lead with this. It is everybody's nightmare to think that the person that they're dating secretly doesn't want to be with them. Nobody likes the idea of their partner secretly being over it and not telling them. So when you say you don't want to hurt your girlfriend's feelings, I got to wonder, is it that you don't want to hurt your girlfriend's feelings or you don't want to deal with the hurt that you're causing by not really being in it anymore? It is impossible in life to not be someone's bad guy. We are all somebody's bad guy. It is impossible to date and break up without causing some amount of pain to yourself and to others. I mean, it's just kind of the way of the heart, right? What I want to ask you, my question asker who shan't be named, is are you trying to protect your girlfriend's feelings? Are you trying to protect your own feelings? Do you really think you're doing her a service by staying with her when you don't see her as your future? And are you verbally and behaviorally leading her to believe that you are her future? Because if so, then your sensitivities, you're placing those over her needs and her rights to know the truth. When we date, we really do owe the people that we are with the truth. And, and you know, okay, so maybe not the first three dates as much. Okay, whatevs. But you've been with this person for more than three years. And I think she does deserve to know the truth. And you aren't really supposed to decide for her what she's going to do with it. Listen, if she has a you break up with me and then I'll never talk to you again policy, that's, that's kind of harsh. That sucks. Slash, she's not alone. Tons of people have that policy. I'm sure that it poses a great loss for you to consider having that if you lose her, you lose her 100%. There's no like easing it or converting her into a friend. And I know that that's awful, but are you trying to protect you from having to lose her? Or are you trying to protect her? Because your question keeps on reiterating that you're sensitive and you you don't want to cause harm. But when you're breaking up with people, you harm them and you harm yourself. And there is no way around it. The compulsion to avoid and evade emotional pain is so human, but it's not wise. You know this woman is not your future, and you know you're going to break up with her. You're not actually doing a kindness or a service to you or to her by dragging this out. 
And there's not going to be a magic moment where you wake up and you're perfectly absolved of the pain of a breakup, right? You might be racing out the clock. You might be trying to get to a point within the relationship where you don't like her or you don't care about her feelings, or you're so over her that the loss of her in your life will be less painful. But that's not highly sensitive. That's highly selfish. You know, I don't mean to like diss you or anything. I think we all do really selfish things in the face of pain. I would encourage you to be kind and humble enough to acknowledge, are you really just trying to sabotage the relationship so it's not your fault? Are you really just trying to wait until you can bear the loss of her? You know that you're going to break up with her. So you're mourning the loss of the relationship from within the relationship in front of her face behind her back. It's happened to a lot of us, if not most of us, if not all of us. And a lot of us do that to people. Still shitty. Instead of trying to avoid pain, why not try to be honest? Why not try to just really own the messiness of where you're at? And give her the chance to take care of herself in the way she sees fit. I don't know. Maybe she's vindictive. Maybe she's a terrible person and she cuts off her exes as a way to punish them. Or maybe the reason why she doesn't convert her exes into friends is because it's too painful for her. And that's how she has to take care of herself. It is not a kindness for you to decide for her how she can self-care even though I know you don't want to lose her. And it's not as simple as good or bad. You know, it is not as simple as good or bad. But when we as empathetic people or spiritual people use our sensitivities and our emotions as a cover from asserting the truth, then we're just kind of spiritually bypassing. If you truly do have love in your heart for this person, if if you want the best for her, then you have to tell her. I don't mean to suggest that this is going to go well. I really don't. Because from what you're saying, it sounds like it's not going to go great. But it's still the right action to take. It's still the right thing to do. And I will say to you, as I pulled up your birth chart, and you've asked me not to share your name or any of your birth details. So you are approaching your Saturn return. And your Saturn return will happen in 2019. You also are going through something called a Pluto square to Mars. Your Mars is at 21 degrees of Aries. Both of these things have very different implications, but there is kind of a meeting point between them both. When we go through the sun and return, we are meant to answer for who we choose to be. And this is why a lot of people go through divorces and breakups or get married during this period, because you really have to confront the truth of your life and make something of it. And so if your hope is to evade or for this to get easier or better, it is highly unlikely to happen during your Saturn return. It's important that you take responsibility for yourself. You have Saturn and Capricorn, as everyone with going through their Saturn return at this moment does. It is all about taking responsibility. So if you're a highly sensitive person, then be sensitive to her feelings too. And know that breaking up with someone that you've been with for three years is going to be painful. It just is. Be kind to yourself around that pain. Be kind to her. But don't make decisions for her and efforts to take care of her feelings because that's not kind. It's actually a little selfish. That brings me to the Pluto square to Mars that you're going to, that particular transit. This transit is forcing you to take greater ownership of your ego, to make sure that you're not using your ego in ways that are inappropriate or unkind or straight up selfish, right? And you have Mars and Aries, and so you can, you can roll in that direction and not necessarily think you are because you have a natal square from Mars to Saturn. 
And that square from Mars to Saturn makes you feel really acutely aware of your feelings and of how things aren't working out for you. It makes you feel incredibly sensitive to failure and to pain. And you may confuse that with empathy for others because you're sensitive to what you're going through. That does make you very sensitive. It doesn't inherently make you sensitive to the feelings of others. And it's so important that you consider what I'm saying here because I know I'm kind of giving you a tough pill to swallow. I know that the way you're holding this makes you feel like you're trying to protect her. But I say this to you and I say this to anyone who's struggling with how do I tell my partner that I don't like the way they have sex or how do I tell my partner that I am unhappy in this relationship? Like saying certain things are really hard because you'll hurt their feelings, but not saying them is worse because it just gives you a buildup of really bad feelings towards your partner and they don't have a chance with you. They don't have a chance to make it better. They don't have a chance to make it right. They don't know what's going on for you. So now you're in two different relationships. So be honest, be forthcoming and know that she's gonna be pissed. She's gonna be pissed. That's just what's happening here. She's gonna be pissed. That is part of life. You know, you have to take responsibility, not only for how you're feeling, but for the consequences of that, what it does to you and what it does to others. And, you know, it's hard and it sucks, but also it's real. I want you to acknowledge to yourself that you're scared and that you don't want to lose her at 100%, even though you know you don't want to invest in her. And be honest with yourself about what needs to be said, what you need to own with her. And I mean, what you told me is, is pretty, pretty clear. You don't see a future with her and that you care about her deeply and you don't want to lose her all the way. And accept that you cannot make decisions about what it is that she is going to do with that information. And you have to accept whatever it is that she decides to do to take care of herself. And if she's mean, you have to cross that bridge. But don't you be mean just because you're scared. The truth of the matter is some people are shitty and awful, but most people are scared and don't have the skills to do better. My advice to you is to develop those skills now, to do your best, to be forthcoming now. My loves, I hope this is helpful. I hope that you do really good by yourselves and the people you love by not deciding for them what they can or can't handle. Hello and welcome back to the Astrology Corner of Ghost of a Podcast. This week we're going to look at the week of March 3rd through the 9th, 2019. So let's start off this week by talking about Mercury retrograde because it goes retrograde on the 5th and I don't know about you, but I've really been feeling this one build. As we know, Mercury retrograde is a transit that happens a bunch of times a year. When Mercury goes retrograde, communication becomes messy, complicated. It's a really difficult transit in that it can mess with your technology, it can mess with your phone, it can make miscommunications kind of a lot more likely. And in general, when we go through a Mercury retrograde, it's an annoyance. And it's an annoyance around our thinking and our communication and our communication tools. And those annoyances lead way to more complicated issues like feeling bad because somebody didn't text you back when maybe they just didn't get the text. Maybe your text didn't send. All kinds of emotional and relationship issues emerge from miscommunications and misunderstandings. And in particular, this Mercury retrograde 
It will be lasting the 5th through the 28th. It is basically all of March. In this particular Mercury retrograde, we can expect to be confronted with attitudes and ideas that we are uncomfortable with. And that might be attitudes and ideas that we're uncomfortable with about ourselves, that reveal to us things about ourselves that we're really just like, I don't want to be that way, or I can't believe I did that thing, or why do I keep having this thought? It's not the thought I would have. This is actually a really powerful time to confront your internalized crap. It's a great time to confront the ways in which you have racist thoughts and attitudes or classist thoughts or ableist thoughts or misogynist or homophobic or transphobic thoughts and attitudes. We all have them. Unfortunately, when you live in a society that centers around maleness and Christianity and having a certain kind of body in a certain kind of way, when it centers around whiteness in this particular way, or heterosexuality, you get the point. When it centers around one version of normal, we all internalize fucked up attitudes and beliefs. And this particular Mercury retrograde is a powerful one for confronting yourself with the ways in which you have those attitudes and beliefs. And by confronting yourself with them with humility and compassion and presence, you can make new choices. And those choices can lead into new actions. That is where real growth and change happens. And it's not necessarily what you would expect me to say about a Mercury retrograde, that this is a great time for you to unpack these attitudes that are really about society and not just about yourself personally, but this Mercury retrograde kicks off with Mercury sitting right on top of Chiron. And there are other reiterations that we can see in this Mercury retrograde chart for the moment that it goes retrograde that really speak to a larger societal shift and your individual place in that larger societal shift. My hope and homework for you is that you're willing to look at this stuff. You're willing to look at your attitudes and your beliefs. And instead of recoiling or reacting with defensiveness or justification, which is a really normal human response to shittiness, to our own shittiness, to really be willing to sit with it. Be willing to sit with the pain that you feel around having to deal with it, the pain that you feel you may have caused yourself or others. Be willing to make new choices because honestly, this world needs absolutely every single hand on deck right now. We all need to learn and grow and expand beyond our own individual part in the bullshit that exists in the world. And there's so much bullshit in the world. There really is. Obvi, obvi, obvi. But here we are. And so the question is not, should you feel guilty? Don't even, don't even mess with guilt. It's where do you need to take responsibility? Where can you be humble? How can you hold it in a different way so that you can make new choices? How can you listen more than you speak. And this is a really important thing. And it's not the first time I've mentioned it in this podcast, listening more than you speak because Mercury is in Pisces. If you are willing to sit with the nuances of your perceptions and really unpack them, you are making the most of this retrograde. And retrogrades are always a time for reviewing and revisiting and recalibrating, right? And Mercury is your beliefs and your attitudes. When we deal with all of this, while Pluto and Saturn are so close to each other in the sign of Capricorn, and also um, this is the same week where Uranus moves firmly and finally into the sign of Taurus, the big picture implication here 
is that we need to understand our attitudes towards people, especially marginalized people, which is most people, right? When we talk about marginalized people, we are talking about the vast majority of people in the world, unfortunately. When we look at our attitudes towards marginalized people, we can start to change them. When we feel like we have to defend ourselves, it's really hard to change because you're in the self-protective stance. And so be mindful of your flight or fight mechanisms this month and in general. Be mindful of your survival mechanisms. When you have survival mechanisms, when your survival is actually not being threatened, then you get into a defense that allows you to not actually look at your participation and look at how you are culpable. So all to say, my friends, this Mercury retrograde this month is a time for healing deep wounds or feeling really compelled and run by them. And either way, whether you're caught up in compulsion and you're caught up in your worst parts of your attitudes and beliefs, or you're really deeply trying to heal them, the path is the same. Be with your shitty thoughts and feelings. Unpack them. Revisit them so that you can realign based on how you want to be and not just how you've been. Now, furthering this, we have a new moon at 8.04 a.m. Pacific time in Pisces on the 6th. So new moons are when the sun and moon are at the exact same degree of the exact same sign, and they are really powerful time of the month, and they happen every month, right? So we have 12 months, and we have generally 12 12 new moons in the year, and they are one in each sign. New moons are a time of renewal and an opening. They're, They're when we begin, and it's when the sun, your identity, your will, and the moon, your feelings, your your needs are in alignment. Having them in Pisces is a really powerful thing. Now, in particular, this new moon involves a lot of Pisces energy, and we have Neptune sitting right on top of the sun-moon conjunction. And again, Pluto and Saturn are close to each other. And we have on the same day, Uranus at zero degrees Taurus, zero minutes. So Uranus is firmly now in Taurus. This is the thing about Pisces. Pisces energy is deeply spiritual. It is about empathy and our interconnectedness. It is about having access to the divine. It is also about disassociation and escapism. Anxiety is a response to uncertainty to not knowing. And Neptune does govern anxiety. Pisces energy can be leaned towards being very anxious. And so all of this energy can provoke a great deal of anxiety as you are confronted with what you do and don't know. It could also provoke a sense of kind of euphoria and beauty because you are connected to what you don't know and is unknowable. Some of this depends on where this all hits your personal chart, and some of this depends on your spiritual life and your response to uncertainty. And the thing is, is that honestly, there is no way to grow into the person you're becoming. There is no way to grow into the world we are building without stepping into uncertainty. Not knowing how it's going to happen doesn't mean it shouldn't happen. It just means you don't know. The best way to respond to this energy is to realign with your values and your ideals. And I may have explained this before in the podcast, but I'm going to do it again because it's one of my really strongly held kind of beliefs as an astrologer. But when I look at the difference between values and ideals, I'm looking at the difference between Venus and Neptune. So Neptune, the ruling planet of Pisces, is related to ideals. And Venus, the ruling planet of Taurus and Libra, is related to values ideals 
are like stars in the night sky. They guide us. They light up darkness and we need them. We need to look up to them as a way to align our spirituality and our hearts and to guide us through our lives. And values are a little more functional. I regard them as more like lampposts in a city, right? When we look to our value system, what we're really looking to is functionally what we value and what we're willing to do and not do. Values are more achievable than ideals. So much like, you know, when we look at a lamppost, you know, you could, if the light bulb burns out, you could climb up the lamppost. You could get a ladder that's tall enough and you could change the light bulb. You're not really going to make it to the stars, right? Ideals are not meant to be achieved. They're meant to guide and inspire, So there is a functional difference between these two things, and it is important to be able to gauge the difference because you might say that the ideal is for us all to be equal, and that is a great ideal, and it's not how humans organize themselves. Never has been. And so more functionally, how do we work with the inequalities that we see in the world? More functionally, how do we organize that, okay, so maybe you want to, you know, I don't know, be an artist and like draw, draw your poems out for a living and functionally in capitalism, that's not super viable. So what do you value enough to do to promote having a life that either allows you to build up a business where you do get to draw your poems for a living or allows you to make enough money and have enough space and time so that you can pursue those things for your own gratification and your own uh, spiritual and creative growth. I don't know what the answer is, and that is a totally made up example, but you get where I'm going with this, is that if we can accept the reality that we are living with and the one that we are living in, we can make choices that allow us to honor our ideals based on our values right? And this is really relevant because we are looking at Uranus and Taurus and all this Piscean, Neptunian energy. The key in all of this with this new moon is to allow yourself to deeply connect with what matters and not just in a like airy-fairy, idealistic way, in a functional way. But in order to find your function, you have to honor what is your ideal, And what are the functional steps you can take to get as close to it as possible, to honor it as much as possible? If you have a spiritual practice, this is the day to recommit to it. However, because Mercury is retrograde, so freshly so, Mercury retrograde is always a time for reflecting and reviewing as opposed to going out into the world and doing. And if you have a spiritual practice that you can lean on or recommit to that supports you in reflecting then please go forth and do that. Now, if you have to move forward in you know, some sort of industry or you're making plans, there is nothing wrong with that. I, I get every Mercury retrograde, I get a bunch of panicked messages from people about like, I, I need to take a job or I want to buy a car or like I started dating somebody. What do I do? It's Mercury retrograde. Just be careful. Just be mindful. Just know that things aren't always as they seem. You want to like triple check contracts. And in regards to this new moon, you want to make sure that if something clarifies itself or presents itself, that you allow it to settle and play out throughout the month of March, instead of assuming that all that glitters is gold, let a thing play out, but use your spiritual values and use your spiritual practices as a way to be present for wherever things are. 
The final transit that we have going on on the 8th is a sun sextile to Saturn. And this is a really lovely transit because it's stabilizing. If you want to make use of the insights, spiritual and otherwise, that have been coming up this week around the new moon, around the 8th is the best time to do it because you'll be able to see things more clearly and organize your thoughts, feelings, and intentions. In regards to this Uranus movement into Taurus, it's something that I've touched on in the New Year's Eve episode. So you can go back and listen to that if you're interested. And it's something that I will unpack further in other episodes, but I don't want to distract too much from the astrology of this week because the astrology of this week is so important. It's a call to go inside and it's a call to sit with things that are really uncomfortable, whether that's in your personal life or in the world around you. My hope for you is that you do just that. For more on the new moon and the rest of the astrology of your coming week, you can always read my weekly horoscope and follow me on social media. And if you like this podcast, please do subscribe to it on whatever platform you're listening to it on and star it and give it a review. I really appreciate all that stuff. If you would like to be a supporter of the podcast on Patreon, I super appreciate it. And I just want to, I want to thank every single one of you for listening and for sharing it with your friends and for the amazing, kind, tender messages that I get from people. I really appreciate it. I'm just so glad that podcasting exists because it's such a, such an accessible way for me to get to share my work with you guys and for me to hear back from you. It's really nice. So thank you. As always, you can send me your questions for the podcast on the ghost of a podcast page of my website at lovelanyetto.com. I will talk to you next week. I will look forward to it. And I hope that you are kind to yourself and others. Every year they say the end is near.